welcome back. This is Ali Amadasu with Cloud Unfiltered, coming to you from KubeCon. This is going to be oh, one of the last episodes in our series from KubeCon. It's been a great run so far, and we're finishing off with a twist here. I saw a booth at the trade show floor the other day that intrigued me and went up and asked some questions. And I had more questions than they were going to have time to answer at their busy booth, so I invited them to come on in and talk. And when I say them, I'm referring to Christoph Limpelaer, the VP of Growth at Linux Academy, and El Marquez, their community architect. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Sure, thank you guys. I was interested in this because if one thing's become apparent, the proliferation of open source projects and even projects within the open source projects has just created a real tall learning curve for everybody who, even the smartest people who are coming to these, don't know everything about everything. And I thought, oh, that's so neat that these guys are training people. So, but I know nothing about it. I literally know nothing. So first off, tell me about the Linux Academy. Is it associated with the Linux Foundation? And, and what do you guys, what do you guys do? What do you guys teach people? Yeah, sure. I'll start. So we, we are not associated with the Linux Foundation, although we've had partnerships with them in the past and and are in a good relationship with them, but we're a completely separate entity. And and what we do is we train people on how to use the cloud and Linux technologies. So that can encompass DevOps tools, containers, such as Kubernetes, Docker, anything like that. And it's for all skill levels. So anywhere from beginners to professionals that already know how to use a lot of the tools. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. And we do it with a focus on hands-on labs so they can really fill in skills gap. Uh, not just focusing on on memorizing concepts, but actually applying them in real world environments. And what about you, El? What would you? How would you describe that? Yeah, I think that you said something really important, and that's you know not everybody has to know, not everybody knows everything, and that's why they're here. And I think what Linux Academy kind of encompasses is you know what? It's okay. It's okay not to know everything. The big expression that I use is it's okay to be new. And whether that's you're new to Kubernetes or you're new to the tech industry, even if you've been in Kubernetes for years, guess what? The platform is changing. Every six months, you have a different update. So at some point, you're going to be new. And we're here to provide you the foundation that you know so that you can strengthen and be able to either look for a job or continue what you're doing in the changing platform. Very good point about you're, you're almost always going to be new. So that kind of leads into what my next question was going to be is, what kind of people sign up for this? Is it individuals that, that come to you because they want to start a new career? Or is it corporations? Do they just sign up a whole truckload of people that aren't quite unicorns, that they want them to become <laughs> unicorns? Like, how, how does this work? Uh, I think I can speak to this one because the reason I found out about Linux Academy was I was a Linux admin on the floor at Rackspace. And you know, after a while, you either love being a Linux admin or you want to grow to something else. And I wanted to be more. I wanted to do more, but I didn't know how to get started. Like, that's just such a, I want to do more in tech. What does that mean? And so I started looking around. And I found out, you know what? Rackspace is the OpenStack company. It's the open cloud company. So let me learn that. How do I do that? And I got on Google and I'm just like, how do I learn the cloud? I kid you not. Was the Google That's not a small term. thing to take on. <laughs> <my> goodness. <laughs> and I saw some ads for Linux Academy and I was like, okay, well, I could do this. So I went to my manager and I said, you know, is there any way that I can set time to work on this? Would you guys be willing to pay for it? And I found out that Rackspace is one of our partners and, or I'm sorry, I found out that Rackspace is one of Linux Academy's partners and they had a big group account that they could just assign me one of the, the accounts for and I could start using their platform. 
So my manager said, hey, why don't you go ahead and step away an hour every week and just go do some training? And it got to the point where I'm stepping away at lunch and just spending some time learning all kinds of different things. And I eventually became an open stack trainer out of that. Holla rack space. <laughs> that is really cool. Now, do you find that that is a typical arrangement as far as companies being willing to do that? Or is that atypical, what Rackspace did? Um, I can't speak to, I guess, uh, the community accounts, or I'm sorry, I can't speak to like large groups accounts, yeah. but I can speak that I've talked to so many people who when they take it to their manager and they're like, hey, this is the price and this is the value I can bring to it, are just willing to let them expense it. I would think so. I would think yeah. you'd be looking at that and going, it's so hard to hire talent in this industry. How about if we make some? Let's make our own. Absolutely. And to that point, too, up until fairly recently and even continuing onward, the majority of our growth has been from word of mouth and, and individual contributors or engineers that are in a very similar situation to Al where they want to learn how to cloud or this specific technology. And so they, they turn to Linux Academy, they start using the platform, and then they go to their managers and they say, does this help me tremendously? I think the whole team should have access to this. So up until this point, most of our investment has been in the product, not really in sales and marketing because this, there's been that viral growth. And so now we're, we're getting more and more organizations that typically have one or all three of these, these problems where they, they have existing staff that needs to learn how to use XYZ technology because maybe they're migrating to that. So it's upskilling existing staff. That's a big one. Another one is, is onboarding. So you have a new hire. They may be a senior hire or a junior hire, but they need to understand that technology's tech stack. How do you minimize that period of time? That's another use case. And then, of course, that continuous education. I woke up this morning. I had an email with a few updates from different technologies. I don't have the time to, to go through all the different release notes. <laughs> I'm busy. I, you know, I've got to get my coffee. i got to come to this podcast. But what if I had a location I can go to that feeds me that information and trains me on how to use some of those updates? That's kind of that third use case that we really solve. When you talk about going to a location, I'm assuming this isn't a physical location. How do you guys deliver this training? All online, 100% all online. online and self-paced. Is it instructor? It's, it's, oh, so it's self-paced. It's yes. not instructor-led? Correct. Okay. Yep. And how does, I assume that you're not the only ones doing this. Um, I assume there's others out there, although I'm not very, I'm not familiar with a whole bunch of training. I know that I've heard of the Flatiron School. Um, I've heard of some kind of coding boot camps, but I, this was the first time I'd heard of the Linux Academy. And so how do you guys differentiate? Like what's your deal that makes you guys better or more effective than say some of the others out there? If you'll let me, let me combine both of those questions that you just asked and kind of walk you through. I'm still a student at Linux Academy. Just because I work here doesn't mean I stop learning. And so this morning I got up and I do an hour of code every morning and I do an hour of security, just something for myself to help me grow. So I got up this morning and I pulled up our Security Plus training and I watched about three videos that were maybe 10 minutes each. And then I had a lab pop up and I went in and I configured IP table rules. So I was able to watch some videos and then I was able to have hands-on training that taught me. It's like, okay, oh no, I really did learn what that guy just taught. Then I sat back and I watched a little bit more and then I took a practice quiz that would be very similar to when I take the certification of what that's gonna look like. Mm -hmm. And so it, we differ because we don't just preach at you. We don't, there's not just a video playing in the background that you eventually tune out while you go make coffee you're going to be tested on what you just learned. Yeah. And so there's that, okay, well, hold on, let me rewind this video. Let me take notes because I know I have to do this later. And do you actually have to, in order to pass the class, for instance, do you actually have to use, so besides answering questions, do you have to actually use like code that you, do you have to actually do little projects or how does that? That's exactly it. And I think that that's one of the big things that makes us stand out is after I complete the security plus test, I can't just say, oh, hey, I memorized a bunch of vocabulary. I can tell you, you know what? I went onto this Linux server. It was Ubuntu based. I set up IP tables. I configured system D. 
and I can speak to technology instead of speaking to a course that I took. So then when you come out of school or when you complete this course, say you were, what are you ready for? Are you ready to be uh, a full-time employee? Are you ready to be an intern? Like, what's your readiness level as far as using the technology you've just learned? And I think Christoph might be able to present a different view of it, but mine was, so whenever I took the OpenStack training, I went to a job interview and they started talking to me about like, well, you know, have you ever configured OpenStack? Oh, I did actually, let me, and I started telling them about the lab environment and how it went wrong and how I broke it and what'd you do? Oh, well, I was able just to bring it down, I spun it back up and I was able to do X, Y, and Z and Horizon was up. And so I didn't just speak to, you know, hey, I, I took a course, I read a book, I was able to tell them real life experience I've had, not only where everything went perfectly, but where it went bad and how I was able to learn from that. And to Elle's point, we, we have countless stories of individuals who went from literally zero cloud or open source experience to getting jobs in a matter of months. We actually have a fantastic story. I, I love the story just because it speaks volumes to to what you're able to do when you really apply what, what you're learning. And and this gentleman brought his family from overseas to the United States, and he worked for the, the White House. And his, um, his visa or green card or whatever he had was expiring. And after he completed his, his consultant project, he didn't have another job lined up, and he couldn't find another job. So unfortunately, they were going to send him and his family back to overseas. And so he turned to Lynx Academy, took training there, and within three months, he was able to get a job. Had zero prior AWS knowledge, and then was able to get that job within three months. Wow, that is a cool story. And, and that's not the only instance of, of that kind of story that we've heard. We hear this on almost a weekly basis. And so it really speaks volumes to not only what the platform can do because of the hands-on lab component, but also if you really, truly, fundamentally want to learn this, it's, it's a very welcoming community uh, if, if you're trying to build those, those skills. And if you really apply it, you can do it within a, a fairly short period of time. Very, very cool. What's the most popular courses right now? What are, you, what are you seeing the most interest in? Oh, that's a great question. We have a lot of, of yeah. Linux courses that are very popular, especially certifications, because we do train for a lot of certifications as well as deep, as deep dives. A lot of AWS. Kubernetes is, is blowing up in popularity right now. We're seeing a lot of demand for uh, Kubernetes. What else do you think? You know, I think it's essentials. Yep. It's any develop any technology out there, we have a lot of essential courses that they don't deep dive. That let me just talk to you through the alphabet soup that mm. is this technology. Let me tell you what these terms mean and let me tell you how it has a practical use in your everyday. And I think those are the courses that I hear people talk most about. They're like, I didn't understand what DevSecOps was, but I went and took this course and they broke it down and now I'm taking the next journey. So I think the most popular things are just our basics. What is this and what does it mean? Interesting. Interesting. Do they put, I wonder if companies send not, you know, have non-technical people do that. Like it mm -hmm. wouldn't hurt to send a lot of marketing people through this, like in this industry. You I know? was about to say, actually, <laughs> we have a lot of organizations that have groups for marketing or sales, sales engineers, yeah. where they just need that conceptual or central level. Yes. For example, we had a study group that wrapped up a couple of months ago for the AWS Cloud Practitioner Certification Exam. That one is targeted for executives salespeople, marketing, and things like that, where you don't need a lot of depth. Right. You just need that understanding of what's AWS, what's the cloud, or there's equivalents for Azure as well. What's Azure? What's Linux? And so they, they can speak to it on the floor at a, a trade show or a booth without needing to go extremely deep. But if they do want to go deep, we also have that training, and they can take more of the advanced deep dives and things like that as well. Right, right. And I'm sure that that would be so popular because I feel like as a non-technical person myself, but I've, I've worked in the tech industry and marketing for a long time now, but you used to have to know a fairly narrow amount of things. And now it's so broad. You're expected to be able to speak to so many things. I mean, working for Cisco, 
our portfolio is enormous. You're supposed to be able to talk about networking and security and cloud and all the things that we do. And it's a lot. It <laughs> it's, a, it's really a lot. It wouldn't hurt to every now and then have a, have a hot minute to talk about that. So um, what else should we cover? What else do you guys, you look think, like you yeah, have a thought? Uh, one thing I definitely wanted to mention is we've talked a lot about people who are already in tech, who want to grow and, you know, marketing and teams. But what I do my most work with and what I'm most proud of is the people who are looking to change their lives, who aren't in tech, who perhaps, you know, what they, they're listening to this and they're like, man, I wish I could do that, but I can't afford it. The reason that I became a part of Linux Academy was Anthony, he's our CEO. He says that we change lives by offering training. And so we have this whole community division that offers all of this training for free. Like you just give us your email address so we yeah. can keep up with where you are in your training and come use our platform. We're not gonna charge you a single penny. We have a podcasting division where we give you, you know, open source news in three minutes or I do choose Linux and I go out there and I tell you, you know what? It took me three weeks to be able to get Void Linux installed. I broke it. I've been here forever and I couldn't do this. It's okay that you can't either. Right. And we're there to just offer support. And, you know, if you eventually, if you can become a paid member, great. If not, you still are a part of our community. That is really neat. That is, and that, that does resonate when you talk about changing lives. We had someone on our podcast several months ago. She was a mom. She had been an adjunct English professor for 10 years. She was, she finished, she had her fourth child. And it was a fairly traumatic delivery and so traumatic that she had she was in serious funk, to put it mildly. I'm sure there was medical terminology for it afterward, but she felt like she needed to do something different. She could not break out of this funk. Mm -hmm. And her husband actually suggested, why don't you try learning to code? And so she joined that Moms Who Code, who I'm sure yeah. you've heard of. And um, I think she went to Flatiron School, among other places. And, um, and it, she said not only did it change her life because it gave her a, a new field to work in, but it literally, the rewiring, having to use the different parts of her brain, because she had a real nice, well-worn groove for the English adjunct professor. She knew how to do that job. It didn't require a lot of new, say, neural pathways in her brain. But having to do this, creating those new neural pathways brought her out of the funk. Like, she, like, just got away. She wasn't in that depression anymore. And it just, it did change her life. It changed, she's, and she, I follow her on Twitter. She's such a happy, yeah. happy, full-time full, full -time employed coder now, you know? And she writes about her struggles. She posts all the time about, oh, God, oh, God, I've tried this three times now. It's still not working. How is it possible that anyone uses this tool, you know? Uh, and Elle has a great saying that it's okay to be new. And I know you have a lot of stickers and things like that. And, and I love that saying because it brings me back to even before I worked at Linux Academy, at one point in time, I was interested in AWS certifications. I was working with AWS. That was kind of my background. I wanted to get a basic certification. And I looked at the requirements and I thought, there's no way I can do that. I don't have enough experience. I don't know this enough. I can't pass the certification exam. So I forgot about it. And then a year went by. Then I came across Linux Academy, took some of the training there, ended up getting certified and realized, I could have done this a year ago. <laughs> right. This is not that big of a deal. It's it's okay to be new. There are resources that are there to help you. If you are if you set your mind to it, there's no reason you can't do it. So if anybody's listening right now and, and they're on the fence about doing it, they, they see this industry as very restrictive and kind of scary. No, it's okay to be to be new. Reach out to Elle. She's very, very helpful in this regard. She's been there. I've been there. We can help you with this. So reach out and we'll be glad to help you on that journey. Well, and I like the thing you mentioned earlier, kind of your own methodology where you're doing an hour in the morning. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to pull the parachute and jump out of the plane and leave your job. Like it can be a side hustle while you're learning. You, you can be learning while you're still saying it's your old job if you, you know, and then getting a feel for it. Like, yeah. Okay, okay, I, I do like this enough. I, I do want to pursue this more and maybe do something with it, so. I think that's really what changed the way that I was approaching things. I mean, five years ago, I'd never even owned a computer. 
You know, I had no idea what Linux was or what open source was. And when I got in, I'm not going to lie to you, this community can be toxic sometimes. Mm-hmm. A lot of neckbeards, a lot of how do you not know this. Right. A lot of I'm afraid to tell you what I don't know because I don't know how you're going to react. And so I did a lot of self-teaching. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to learn by myself. I'm going to hide in this corner. And then when I know enough, I'll go do it. And when I found the Linux Academy community and I found the Slack, which is like 22,000 members of people that I can just ask a question to and somebody will help me. Yeah. Like, that was just mind-blowing. People who, without trying to sell me anything, because, I mean, most of the members aren't employees. They're just community members, are there to answer my questions. Like, I, that was not the community that I knew. And so that helped me kind of develop my own network and helped me feel okay with going like, no, I don't know this. Will you teach me? Right. Like, that was just mind-blowing to me at the time. That's great to hear. That's really great to hear because I think I do think it's been changing over time as, as I've witnessed being in the industry. It definitely used to be more toxic, but it's really neat to hear like, and I know there's still plenty of trolls out there. Um, I, again, I follow that mom and she will openly be mocked on Twitter sometimes when she asks those things. But then 25 people jump to her defense. <laughs> like, it's okay for her to not know she was just asking a flippant question, <laughs> you know? So I'm glad to hear that you're having, that you had the same experience and and it worked out for you. You mentioned your pod- podcasting earlier. Let's plug a little podcast action here. What are what are what's the name of your podcast? How can people find it? So I'm part of Jupiter Broadcasting, and the podcast that I do the most is called Choose Linux, ChooseLinux.show, and it's just an exploration of Linux and all things open source. Nice, nice. And I assume we can find it on all the regular podcasting apps. Yep, we're correct? everywhere. <laughs> all right, where can we find Linux Academy? What's your URL? LinuxAcademy.com. And uh, nice. if you want to connect, we're also on social media. I know L is very active on Twitter too. Yes, definitely um, reach out if you have questions. Even if I don't know the answer, I know people and I can help you find somebody who does. Nice. What's your Twitter handle? And I'm at L underscore O underscore punk at L O punk. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. Good luck finding it. Her full name is L Marquez, E L L Marquez. Uh, so if you can't find the URL she just gave you, the handle she just gave you. <laughs> and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So if you have any questions, I'd be happy to help as well. The name is Christoph Limpler, so I'll pull up on LinkedIn. That one is not that easy to find either, just so you know. (laughs) L-I-M-P-A-L-A-I-R. Christoph, you can probably figure it out. I bet you really love Frozen because that popularized Christoph to every everyone under 10. I I get that all the time, but funny enough, they still misspell it. Oh, they do? I I tell people it's like Christopher, but no R at the end. And they get rid of the E as well. They get rid of the They put FF. Yeah, it's a a problem. (laughs) It's a problem. Well, thank you guys for coming on and talking about this. I think it's a really, really neat industry to be involved in, a really cool thing that you guys are doing. And uh, I appreciate you explaining it. And hopefully... Folks out here who have some interest in learning a little bit more will take advantage of the information you've shared. Thanks thank for you having so much. us. Yeah, thanks for having us and thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. <laughs>